Psalm 116. Psalm 116, just for the record, will be month 42, week 182, hour 126. Lord God, allow us to spend a few seconds just clearing our minds before we come to read the word of God this morning. We pray for your blessing over the service. Please fill us with your spirit, Lord God. Allow us to compose ourselves, to uh, allow the Holy Ghost to take control of the service this morning. Uh, we are nothing without the new birth. The word of God says we are more than conquerors. Uh, through Christ who loved us and of course gave himself for us. Bless this psalm, O Lord God. May it comfort the hearts of those that are worn down physically, spiritually, emotionally. We ask you to bless all of our brethren that are listening in this morning, Lord God. And please answer our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So like I say, Psalm 116 will be week 182. And yes, we're getting nearer all of the time to Psalm 119. And uh, month 42, our 126. Let's look at this particular psalm. And uh, Lord willing, all 19 verses will be broken down during one Lord's Day service. Psalm 116, please. I love the Lord. Amen. What a great way to start today's Lord's Day service. I love the Lord. Incidentally, the first term or the first time the word love appears in scripture is back in Genesis 22 for memory concerning Abraham about to sacrifice Isaac text says his only begotten son his promised seed I love the Lord why because he hath heard my voice and my supplications so if you have a good prayer life go to first John chapter 4 uh, that's a good thing to pray and pray all of the time and it's good to humble yourself and if you pray regularly and you should do and your prayers are answered that's a great sign that you are in good standing with God Almighty but sometimes you have to pray and pray and deal with the silence of God which is a very difficult subject to truly understand many people including yours truly have prayed for years concerning X Y and Z to have no response whatsoever that's part of living by faith not by sight of course, many times when there's no response, that's the Lord saying, no, it's not for you. First John 4:19. we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. That goes back to the beauty of the cross. Go back to Psalm 116. And uh, from the standpoint of those in and around Calvary, it was an awful event to behold. A sinless man in his prime being murdered in broad daylight and uh, having his closest and dearest watching and uh, the Jews cussing him cursing him the Romans somewhat bemused and uh, it says in the book of Luke there was darkness over the whole world for a period of time I love the Lord David speaking because he hath heard my voice and my supplication so David is an Old Testament Jew under the law he is saved the same way that we are saved through grace and yet saying that I must say this that all of the greats, all of the righteous, pre-Christ, went into the ground when they died. Whereas we go straight to heaven when we die. So different destinations for those pre-the cross and those post-the cross. But all saved the same way. Because of course without grace, who could be saved? Who would be saved? One more time. I love the Lord. Because he hath heard my voice and my supplication. So keep praying. And pray until you pray as one elderly saint used to say and it's a good expression 
be prepared to wait. The Lord is in no rush to answer anyone's prayers. Uh, someone like uh, Moses was 40 years waiting to be called. Abraham, about 45, 50 years waiting to be called. Abraham was in his 90s and uh, Moses was in his 80s. And uh, it will really mold your character to be somebody who's able to deal with uh, delays and be a patient saint. Verse 2. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Now the latter part of this verse has caused quite a division in the King James community for over a decade now. And it goes back to how is a sinner saved? Is he saved by calling on the name of the Lord, repenting, confessing, so on and so forth? Or is he, is he, uh, is he saved by hearing the word of God, believing the word of God, repenting, and then confessing yes it may sound tedious but it's a fine point and the division has been going on for over a decade now the term called upon the name of the lord first appears back in genesis chapter 4 and of course adam has been preaching for a period of time so you have to be told about the lord number one to then be able to call on his name it won't work the other way around unless god reveals himself to anyone nobody would ever call on him because nobody is seeking after the lord he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Going back to verse 1, he's heard my voice and my supplications. I'm in a relationship with God Almighty. Hinduism doesn't afford their subjects such a blessing. And uh, Sikhism doesn't afford its subjects such a blessing. Because of course Hinduism and Sikhism, but especially Hinduism, believes in pantheism. It believes that the gods are everywhere in everything all of the time and there's no there's no uh, possibility for a personal relationship but of course christianity is the only true faith where god became a man and lived to die and lived and died amongst his own creation because he hath inclined his ear unto me therefore will i call upon him as long as i live so keep calling on his name if you're saved it's just another term for praying verse 1 and let him, let him hear your supplications but again into a real spat over the uh, order of play when it goes back to the uh, plan of salvation the best place to go to is John chapter 1 which I was reading very clear, uh, very uh, closely very carefully this morning got a great blessing in fact I read the first two chapters this morning and I felt like doing a recording a lot of good stuff has come my way 3 the sorrows of death compass me, negative, and the pains of hell gats hold upon me, got a hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Quick switch has kicked in. Verse 1 is upbeat, verse 2 is upbeat, verse 3 he's down on his luck as they say. Sorrows of death compass me, compass, points far north, north, north east, south, west. The sorrows of death surrounded me and the pains of hell gats hold upon me got a hold of me like i said i couldn't shake it i found trouble negative and sorrow negative go to uh the book of isaiah please and once again this psalm has a double application and in isaiah 53 the famous passage which is known as the hidden passage in the jewish community the forbidden passage in the jewish community 
And if a Jew gets his hands on this chapter and believes it, his life will be completely transformed. Isaiah 53, let's pick it up in verse 6. He is despised, present tense, and rejected of men, present tense. This is a Jewish writer, being Isaiah, speaking about the Jews, concerning the Jewish Messiah. He is, he is despised and uh, he is despised and rejected of men. Nothing has changed. A man of sorrows, not his own sorrows, but carrying our sorrows. An acquaintant with grief. What do they say? Misery loves company. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. We wouldn't even look at him. We are ashamed of him. We are ashamed of ourselves. He was despised, past tense, and we esteemed him not, present tense. Present tense. So, a few things I want to say. Christ is despised, rejected. He's a man of sorrows, and he's acquainted with grief. We, in the context of Jews, hid, as it were, our faces from him, and they did. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. So it's past tense, it's present tense. Surely, verse 4, he hath borne our griefs, the Lamb of God that takes with the sin of the world, and carried our sorrows. Going back to this particular psalm. Yet... We did esteem him stricken. We saw him stricken, whipped, beaten, smitten of God, not the devil, and afflicted. This goes back to substitutionary atonement. This goes back to the belief uh, back in the Old Testament, which is somewhat lost now, but it was held for many, many years that the Messiah would be the son of Joseph, first coming, son of David, second coming. And that's why your Jews, for the most part, reject Jesus. They see him as a suffering servant to some extent son of joseph yeah to some extent but where's the son of david where's the king where is his kingdom and because of that they reject him but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities going back to the head and the heel both being used as an, as an analogy found back in genesis chapter 3 our iniquities, our sins, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The perfect peace comes via the Lord Jesus Christ. And with his stripes, we are healed. He was whipped, beaten, black and blue. I counted five puncture marks on the body of the blessed Saviour. His hands, his feet, his head, and uh, his side, and also his back. This is elsewhere. He, he, uh, he gave his back to the smiters. He got five puncture marks on his body despised rejected of men verse 3 a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid all of us you and i jew and gentile as it were our faces from him thankfully came looking for us we don't go looking for him because of course man doesn't have any interest in seeking the lord god he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he hath borne our griefs depressions disappointments this and that and carried our sorrows sometimes he become too much yet we did esteem him stricken they saw him on the cross stricken smitten of god they said uh, let him come down from the cross if god will have him and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions past present and future sins he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement chastened chastisement of our peace was upon him we have the perfect peace which passes all understanding thanks to what Christ did for us. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. All of us. We have turned everyone to his own way. There is a way which seems right unto a man. But the ends are over the ways of death. And the Lord 
being the Father hath laid on him, being the Son, the iniquity of us all. That is substitution atonement in a nutshell. Go back to Psalm 116. Three again. The sorrows of death compassed me, surrounded me, and the pains of hell gat hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Go to Acts chapter 2. So the lesser David is speaking, and the greater David is also speaking. That also gets lost on the Jewish community, which is a great shame, because outside of God Almighty, nobody loves the Jews more than the church. And outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no way to be saved. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 20. 220. Pick it up in uh, 27. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Going back to pre the cross, everybody went into the ground. As the late Walter Martin once said, you had East Hell and West Hell. I like that analogy. Mm. East Hell, if you will, uh, would contain all of the unrighteous dead. Going back to probably Pharaoh, Cain, uh, Sennacherib, all those people. West Hell had Abraham, Isaac and Jacob right up until the last Old Testament saint to be saved. So you've got one area, one location, but two compartments. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, and I mean in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. The holy one is Jesus Christ, not David. David is still dead and buried in Israel to this day. He's been there for, what, 3,000 years? His body decayed shortly after he was buried. But of course, Christ's body isn't in the grave. It is in heaven. 31. He seen this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell. And yes, Christ's soul went into hell. You find it very clearly in Ephesians chapter 4. Neither his flesh did see corruption. But of course, Christ's body didn't see corruption. He got a glorified body, which is in heaven today. And of course, his soul went into hell not to suffer. That's the blasphemy that the charismatics hold to. But it went into hell to rescue those of us which have believed on him go back to psalm 116 the sorrows of death compass me now it could be that david is dealing with his own situation maybe he's in a backslidden state possibly or he's dealing with the strain of running a state like the current israeli pm will be feeling this morning and the pains of hell get hold upon me but in reference in reference to the lord jesus christ which i want to discuss more this morning I found trouble and sorrow, going back to the lesser David, but in type the greater David. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul, lesser David. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. Our God, our Father which art in heaven. My God, going back to the Jews having a very personal relationship with God Almighty. Today we say, our Saviour, our Gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ but up until recent times we couldn't say that I say we being Gentiles we were outside of the kingdom of God we were lost alone in the world without hope then I called upon the name of the Lord going back to verse 1 I love the Lord O Lord I beseech thee deliver my soul help me out Lord I'm struggling in verse 3 on top of that I need to recover quickly because you are gracious verse 5 you are righteous and our God is merciful three beautiful attributes gracious righteous merciful without which nobody would be able to make it a second without god almighty and i can't stress that enough look at verse six the lord preserveth the simple 
I was brought low and he helped me. Go to two New Testament passages. Go to 1 Thessalonians first. And then go to uh, James chapter 1. First uh, Thessalonians. Let's see now. Go to James first. Go to James uh, 1. Work backwards. I'm going to go to Thessalonians 5. James 1. And uh, pick it up in verse 9. Make it verse 8. A dub-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's a timeless reminder. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich and that he is made low because of the flower of the grass he shall pass away. To tell a Jew that a rich person wasn't necessarily automatically blessed uh, was a real shock. They saw wealth as a level of a, as a level of prosperity, which of course it's not. It's always a good thing when you come across somebody who hasn't got much of anything, boasting the most about God Almighty. You meet somebody who's got everything. They'll say, well, God's blessed me with this. He's blessed me with that. Not necessarily. Not necessarily so. You may have had to cut corners to get where you are. You may have had to walk over people to get where you are. You may have had to blackmail, bribe people to get where you are. I'm not saying you did or you have done, but it may be so. Just because you're rich and wealthy doesn't mean God has blessed you. That was a mistake that uh, the late, uh, oh, what was the guy's name? Crystal Cathedral Schiller used to make, Robert Schiller. He would say, look at my Crystal Cathedral. Five, six, seven, eight, nine million ten million dollars to build this place god has blessed me no he hasn't blessed you you're able to manipulate people and you got what you wanted by deceiving people first thessalonians 5 14 now we exhort you brethren warn them that are unruly comfort the feeble-minded simple-minded if somebody is simple and i say this respectfully if somebody has a low iq if somebody has learning difficulties they call it spectrum now autistic uh Asperger's, all that stuff. If somebody has a problem with learning, unable to do X, Y, and Z, don't look at that as being devil possession. That's the mistake the Catholics made during the Dark Ages. You're told to comfort the feeble-minded, the simple, support the weak, be patient toward all men. You won't find this in the world of evolution. There's no supporting the weak in the animal kingdom. There's no comforting the feeble-minded in the animal kingdom. The whole belief of the... Uh, Darwinian worldview is just completely flawed and false. Go back to Psalm 116. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. So David's riding high. He's then shot down due to sin in his life, whatever it might be. He realizes he's in trouble. The word of God says if we confess our sins, he is faithful faithful and faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all of our, our and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And that's a great sign because, of course, we all stumble and fall. I don't care who you are. We all you know, we all get into trouble sooner or later. And these are timeless passages. One more time. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. Preserves. Preservation the simple. Those that are suffering, like I say, with learning difficulties, coping, dealing with situations in life. And you, you are to come alongside those people and uh, get close to them. Help them out. I was brought low and he helped me he won't just keep you down in the dumps he wants to get you back on your feet he loves you going back to verse 1 going back to 1st John four nineteen. this is a love passage it's beautiful look at verse 7 
Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Go to Matthew chapter 11. I like the Psalms for a number of reasons. First and foremost, they are practical Psalms, practical preaching, and a lot of good stuff in the Psalms. We've been on this book for over three years now, and uh, David has been a real blessing to profile from almost every possible angle. And uh, whoever you are, wherever you are this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whatever time of day it is where you are, he loves you. And uh, whatever you're going through, just hang in there. You'll get through it, I promise you. Matthew 11:28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, not yours. For my yoke is easy. And my burden, not yours, is light. Because, of course, he's the sin bearer. He's the Lamb of God who takes with the sin of the world. Go back to Psalm 116. So receive him. Call in his name. Get close to him. Start praying. Fasting if you need to do so. And uh, put yourself out for other people. I like it when I see people doing good deeds online or all around me. It's always a blessing to see people going out of their way for others. It's good. It's uh, right and proper. Uh, verse 8. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Three uh, issues he's dealing with. Go back to Psalm 56. So David is the author, I'm pretty sure, of this particular psalm. And in Psalm 56, look at uh, 13. <clears throat> For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before the God? Uh, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. What do they say? I can't find my feet. Thou hast lived my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. Go back to Psalm 116. Let's put these verses together. Uh, verse 8. For thou hast lived my soul from death, almost verbatim. Mine eyes from tears, number 2. And my feet from falling, number 3. He will preserve you upright perfect if you will not sinless there's no reason to sin there's no reason to backslide there's no reason to uh, get into trouble but of course the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak this is a great problem that we all deal with as bible believing christians and here is david a man after the lord's own heart saved as we all are listening listening in today but uh, like all of us he has two natures old man new man standing in state we go back to psalm 56 look at it again 56 13 for thou hast past tense delivered my soul from death he could have died prematurely you've got the absalom incidents and uh, other occasions when it looked like it was all lost and the lord stepped in and saved him wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling don't allow me just to fall through uh, the ceiling as it were or just fall apart more specifically that i may walk before god in the lights of the living and again 116 8 but thou hast lived my soul from death comma mine eyes from tears more material and my feet from falling found back in psalm 56 so this is a progression it's like he's gone back or he's written this psalm later in light of psalm 56 which is what you would expect because of course we grow we develop we mature as people and sometimes we regress and we should be progressing look at verse 10 i believed amen going back to you have to believe in order to be saved 
once you have believed you are saved then you start to call on the name of the Lord you start to repent you start to confess you start to get busy I believed therefore have I spoken I was greatly afflicted go to uh, let's see now go to Acts 20 27 Acts 27 and then go to 2 Corinthians 4 Acts 27 27 uh, 25 wherefore sirs be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me Paul was a Bible believer I hope you are I hope you don't just give the Lord lip service but you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ a follower a disciple 2nd Corinthians 4 for me this is the hardest book in the New Testament 2nd Corinthians difficult difficult book people think it's Romans I think it's Galatians no for me it was 2nd Corinthians I went through it back in 2018 tough tough book 2nd Corinthians 4 4 uh, 13 we have in the same spirit of faith again what by faith not by sight according as it is written quoting Psalm 116 I believed and therefore have I spoken we also believe and therefore speak look at verse 11 for we which live are always 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 delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh uh, look at verse 14 knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us uh, shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you going back to the world was made flesh and dwelt among us and without him nothing was made that was made look at uh, 8 troubled on every side look at 9 persecuted but not forsaken 10 always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus go back to Psalm 116 this book is about suffering you can't get around it and if you haven't suffered yet you will mark my words but the key is to suffer for doing right not for doing wrong Psalm 116 10 again I believed positive therefore have I spoken they say uh, I'm speaking with experience therefore have I spoken I was greatly afflicted well of course David you are a man you are an alpha male you are also a very sensitive man you write music you write poetry you play the harp which is very unusual for an alpha male you have women like you shouldn't and uh, you have concubines like you should not you pray you walk with the Lord you fast you have a great relationship with God Almighty unlike your son Solomon and others pre and post you so in many ways David is a type of a New Testament saint old man new man able to do all things through Christ which strengthens me strengthens you strengthens us and yet going back to the old sin nature it's always there isn't it look at verse 11 I said in my haste all men are liars but that's true David it's not incorrect but he's speaking from the standpoint of being under great pressure under great strain go to Romans chapter 3 some years ago I listened to John MacArthur preaching a sermon about uh, lying it was a very pious sermon I must admit and he said this he said to had I lived during World War II uh, Romans 3 he said uh, had I lived during World War II and had I lived in uh, uh, the Netherlands when uh, Anne Frank was uh, being uh, being hidden when she was hiding in a house with her father and other people 
and uh, had the uh, the Nazis knocked on the door and I'd opened the door and said to me are there any Jews upstairs I would have said yeah upstairs under the bed mm. I thought what a fool you are and they all thought it was a very wise thing to say I thought back to that account in the uh, book of Joshua when uh, Rahab hires the spies and they come looking for the spies and she says to them they're not here they've gone and of course she lies isn't she she lies and it says she was justified not for lying but she was a saved woman she believed she was saved she's found in Matthew chapter 1 I thought until you find yourself in a real difficult situation I mean a real dire situation like the Jews were during World War 2 or the Christians or other people that were hiding especially the Jews in Europe unless you find yourself in that situation it's always you know it's always very pious to speak like I wouldn't do this I wouldn't do that but the reality is you probably would lie if you have people that you're trying to hide or if you are a parent and your child gets into major trouble and it's life or death very few parents will say sorry uh, my son or my daughter just face the consequences very few would do that I'm not saying you should lie don't get me wrong but the reality is when you're under great pressure uh, like like Rahab was she lied because if she told the truth the consequence would have been devastating I said in my haste all men all men are liars Romans chapter 3 look at uh, look at verse 4 God forbid yea let God be true but every man a liar as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged the antecedent is on God that you God might be justified in your sayings and mightest, uh, and mightest overcome when you God art judged that's a picture of unsaved people judging God believe it or not at the great white throne judgment and they will judge him they judge Jesus during the first advent and uh, they'll do it again at the great white throne I'll give you one more go to Titus chapter 1 Titus chapter 1 of course if you do lie you need to repent of it confess it to the Lord but uh, don't be so quick to make statements like that because of course you know what you do in a situation you're dealing with life and death like they were doing like they were dealing with during the days of uh, Anne Frank in fact there are about two or three families hiding in that property uh, going back to uh, what was the name of the family that looked after Anne Frank what was the woman's name she wore the glasses went to to death camps Oh, Ten Boone. Yeah. Very brave family. Yeah. Calvinist family, incidentally. Yes. Titus 1. Titus 1. Look at uh, 12. Paul speaking again. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Cretans are always liars. Always liars. Always lying. Evil beasts, slow bellies. Paul, you are so uh, guilty of stereotyping people. But of course, he's not saying that. He's quoting. A Greek philosopher 700 years made that 800 years before Christ who said this the Cretans modern-day Cretes are always liars all liars always liars evil beasts that's not very nice is it slow bellies go back to Psalm 116 see the Bible is a really practical book but it's a very difficult book because it gives you two sides of the coin it tells you what God is and who he is and how he operates it tells you who you are and what you are and how you should operate and somehow you've got to marry the two up I mean the bar is set so high in scripture it says how all liars have the part in the lake of fire mm. all liars and yet it says if we say we haven't sinned we make him a liar if we confess our sins and Paul said how uh, let God be true but every man a liar and that's where you've got to tread very carefully when you get into practical preaching 
I said in my haste, in the context David speaking, he's under great pressure, going back to 8 and uh, 4 and 3. All men are liars, not perpetually, of course not, but occasionally, absolutely, let's be honest about this. What shall I render unto the Lord for his benefits toward me? Render, like pay back. It says, render to Caesar what Caesar's and to God what is God's. What shall I render, pay back, or what shall I give unto the Lord for his benefits towards me? Nothing whatsoever, David. You can't give a thing back. You can't give him a penny back, a dime or a cent if you are an American or a euro if you, are, if you live in the EU. You can't give him anything back. That's the whole point of salvation. You can't give him anything. He's got everything anyway. All you can do is reach out to him, believe on him, receive him, call in his name, like I say. And here David had everything. He was the richest man in Israel. He had the most property. He had horses. He had whatever you could imagine uh, was available during his era. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Nothing, David. Just uh, accept it. Just put your feet up and enjoy your salvation. Amen. 13. I'll take the cup of salvation, cup of suffering, cup of salvation and call upon the name of the lord go to mark chapter 10 now this gets a bit tricky because there are three cups in scripture and due to time just want to look at two this morning let's pick it up in mark chapter 10 and uh, 10 38 but jesus said unto them you know not what you ask can you drink of the cup that i drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. And they said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, You shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized with all shall be baptized. So he's saying to them, The cup that I'm going to drink means martyrdom, the poison chalice. You think back to uh, there's a film made back in the late 1970s, uh, Raiders of the Lost Raiders of the Lost Ark. And in that movie, there's a scene where they're looking for the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, they think they found it. Of course, they haven't found it in heaven, you understand. But uh, the whole point of the movie, this goes back to uh, the... Is it Arthur and the Round Table? Uh, yeah, Knights of the Round Table. the Round Table, all this mythology stuff. And the Golden Chalice, yeah. the Cup Merlin, yeah. and the, the Sword and the Stone, all that stuff. And the belief is that if you can get your hands on that chalice and drink it, you'll live forever. The Church of Rome come along and say, but the chalice is a literal blood of course it's not but they twist that also so the cup here denotes death uh, it's like the, the the poison chalice as i say but also a baptism not a water one but a picture of identifying uh, with christ's death now it gets a bit more complicated go to uh chapter 14 you've got the first cup which he's just spoken to the apostles about they say yes lord we'll die with you and they would and be baptized with you and they were uh, but of course the cup of salvation which is what we're really interested in found back in uh, uh, 116 13 is a cup we really want to look at this morning I will take the cup of salvation the greater David speaking and call upon the name of the Lord the lesser David speaking it's in reverse there 14 30 35 and he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass from him son of man suffering five puncture marks he will receive before he goes back to glory and he got the lamb of god about to taste death for every man and he said abba father abba daddy father abba father all things are possible unto thee 
Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. It's a bitter cup to swallow. And also back in the book of Isaiah, go back to Psalm 116. That cup contained the sins of the world. It's a poison chalice, like I say. It was bitter. They gave him vinegar to drink on the cross. Of course, he didn't swallow it, but it touched his lips. And I tell you what, uh, vinegar is bitter. If you've been up all night as he was, you've been bleeding all night as he was, he was weak, bruised, chastened. We esteem him not, and he's on a cross, and uh, he's bleeding out like I say. He wants water. He's thirsty. He's not hungry. He wants water. I thirst. And, of course, they put that sponge to his mouth, and it's vinegar. Talk about contempt for Christ. And he spits it out, doesn't taste it. But what's taken place ultimately is he's taken the place of unsaved people in hell. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? He doesn't say my father, my father, why has thou forsaken me? He says my God, my God. What do people say in hell? My God, God, JC, OMG. A switch has taken place on the cross, you see. And he's drinking that cup. It's a bitter cup. That's why he's bleeding in the garden. He's sweating blood. That's why he's uh, being churned up inside. It's not because he's scared of dying. It's because he's going to become a personification of sin. And of course his soul is offered up to God Almighty. Found also back in uh, Isaiah and also 2 Corinthians. That's a load of subject. I mean his soul is offered for a sin offering. Not just his body. His soul. You try and think about that. You just can't comprehend it. Uh, Psalm 116. I will take the cup of salvation, and he would do, the cup of suffering, cup of salvation, and call upon the name of the Lord, and David the less did. And in a sense, David the greater would also, uh, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But in the context, historically speaking, this is a lesser David dealing with his own situation. He's struggling terribly. No such thing as an easy life if you are a saved man or woman in any dispensation. 14. I will pay my vows unto the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people. I found also again in verse 18. I pay my vows unto the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people. Well David had vows to pray and to keep. Unlike the Lord Jesus Christ who didn't need to vow anything. And yet uh, he would say elsewhere. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And he would uh, keep the law to the letter. So you're going back and forth aren't you? Lesser David, greater David. Suffering, struggling, up and down. Wanting the Lord to restore him and he would do. Having a great relationship with the Lord like verse 1 and verse 2. But verses 3, 4. It starts to go. Uh, or certainly verse 3 it goes south. Then verse 4. Uh, he's back on top. Verse 5 he's back on top. Verse 6 he's down. Uh, verse 7. Uh, he's down. Verse 8. He's up and down. Verse 9. He's up. 10. He's up. 11. He's up and down. You see it's bouncing back and forth. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Nothing, David, like I say, it's all or nothing. It's grace or nothing whatsoever. I will take the cup of salvation, which he would do happily. If there's a struggle between the Son of Man, uh, his human nature, not so much his divinity, Son of God, going back to being tired, uh, weary, needing food, needing water, going back to his human side, but his divinity, walking in the water, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, the miracles, uh, the Father and I are one. Before Abraham was, I am. See, this is a very difficult book. And if you're not saved, this book isn't even for you. But if you are saved and you're not uh, 
a level thinker, if you're unstable in all your ways, going back to James chapter 1, and don't even open this book because you get guilty of heresy and you'll just bury so many people. I look at verse uh, 14 again. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. So you've got David in the congregation in the tabernacle, later becomes the temple. And he's praying in the presence of all the people. You find that in, I think it's First Kings 8, when Solomon is praying on his knees in front of all of Israel. And they're sacrificing animals left, right and center. It was a period of absolute worship and thanksgiving. It may, be, it may be in Israel's uh, pinnacle of prosperity, one of the greatest events in the history of Israel. And for a period of time, Solomon was unstoppable. He was unmovable, unshakable. He was really close to God Almighty. And then the women came along with their ways, their cultures. And of course, it all went south. He died, what, 58 years of age, not even 60. But David, his father, yes, he got caught up with the women, but didn't get into idolatry. And because of that, the Lord spared him. He was around 70 when he died. Uh, 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That's a precious passage used by nearly every Christian that has or will ever live when they bury their loved ones. But in the context, it's dealing with the Jews. Go to Daniel chapter 7. But we can and we will use it in the body of Christ for today. Daniel 7, 27. And the kingdom and dominion. And the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. The kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, they are now coming into uh, being. They are now being amalgamated into one kingdom found first time, second time, third time, fourth time. Four times where kingdom appears in this one verse, aimed at uh, Jewish martyrs that will die during the tribulation who won't take the mark of the beast and they'll be beheaded quite likely and they will arrive at the judgment to be rewarded found also in uh, i think it's uh, uh, revelation chapter six but like i say we can use this and we will uh, for those that have died before us and those that will die after us precious in the sight of the lord is a death of his saints of course if you're born again you are a saint old testament new testament the, the, the term saint I think it first appears back in the book of Job, which is the oldest book in the Bible. So if you are a holy person by the new birth, you are a saint. It's automatic. And therefore, even when you die, if the rapture doesn't come first, it is precious in the sight of the Lord uh, concerning the death of his saints. We'll leave it as it is. 16. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. Go back to uh, the book of uh, Isaiah. An incredible book Isaiah and uh, look at chapter 40 I think it's 41 uh, make it 42 behold my servant father speaking whom I uphold mine elect in whom my soul delighteth I put my spirits upon him he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles go to Matthew chapter I think it's chapter 12. Scripture with scripture. So we're not uh, taking liberty with the scripture. Sometimes you'll hit difficult passages, somewhat vague, uh, not particularly clear. And when that happens, you tread carefully 
what I normally do is I'll spiritualise those passages if not overly short to do with them that way I don't get into any trouble mm. but uh, what you don't want to do is teach doctrine uh, using a obscure passage uh, Matthew 12 and uh, pick it up in 17 that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet Isaiah the prophet saying behold my servants whom I have chosen the term apostle means chosen it means somebody who was sent also my beloved this is my beloved son in whom my soul his own personal soul is well pleased that's an amazing statement my beloved my soul is well pleased I put my spirit upon him and he did and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles and he certainly did go back to Psalm 116 he came to serve not to be served and again it goes back to the son of Joseph the suffering servant the son of David the conquering uh, the conquering monarch the conquering king and I can see why the Jews get this uh, back to front. I understand why they have a problem with this because, of course, they don't read the New Testament. In fact, most of the Old Testament, they don't read it either. This goes back to rabbinical Judaism, which is a real problem. I won't go into that this morning because it gets into uh, replacement theology and also goes back to uh, the problem that because the Jews haven't got a temple and a sacrificial system yet, uh, they have to go back to what the, what, do the, uh, what do the rabbis say, which is what the Catholic Church do. What do the fathers say? And that's why you, if you've got any sense, you are a Bible-believing Christian. O Lord, verse 16, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant. Repeat it again. And the son of thine handmaid. Now handmaid is a woman, a young woman. Thou hast loosed my bonds. Now he was held for a period of time in captivity. Uh, it says also he was held in prison. I think it's also back in Isaiah 53 or thereabouts. Go to Luke chapter 1. And uh, you've got four or five types of Mary in the Old Testament you've got Eve the first probably the clearest you've got uh, let's see now you've got uh, Eve you've got Sarah you've got Hannah and maybe two or three others Sam, uh, Samuel's mother as well so you've got Hannah you've got Hannah Eve uh, excuse me you've got Eve Sarah and Hannah at least three Old Testament saints and two more that I can't think of this morning and they all picture Mary found in Luke 1 uh, 48 for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden for behold from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed blessed in the sense of being a uh, recipient of grace not a dispenser of grace see the Catholics getting such a mess over this book it's embarrassing when you come across Catholics with PhDs BAs THDs letters after their names they, they can't get this book straight and they hold up Mary's this you know sinless object this perpetual virgin going back to the church fathers they all believed she was perpetual not all but many of them did that's true and luther believed that and so did calvin and other people which is true they did but that's incorrect she had other children the text is very clear uh, 116 verse 17 let's stay on track i will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the lord late next month the americans will celebrate thanksgiving and uh, America is a very gracious country, a very blessed country, a very decent country. Without America, we'd all be sunk if the truth were known. Uh, even social media all comes from the US, uh, Facebook, YouTube. It's not all bad. Twitter, now known as X, without which there'd be no social media. The gospel couldn't go out to the ends of the earth. And I can th I'm thinking of one brother 
in the Middle East today who's living in a Muslim country and he listens to my recordings on the KJV channel and um, he's a believer but he's living in a Muslim country I think I know where it is I won't say it but the country that he lives in is very hostile to Christianity and uh, he said once upon a time I wish I had a Bible and somewhat naively I thought to myself uh, I'll get one for him and I said to him I can send one to you he never got back to me I thought oh no why because of course he can't have it yeah. his parents probably confiscate it but thanks to the US thanks to social media thanks to the Lord blessing America we all get a blessing uh, due to America being blessed who also blesses Israel and get and uh, they get another blessing on top of that of course I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving I'm a call upon the name of the Lord go to Hebrews 13 please now the sacrifice of the mass is such an abomination and uh, the problem with the, with the Catholic Church's mass I have to keep saying this because it's not getting through to Catholics is that your mass is a non-bloody sacrifice and in the scripture it was a very bloody sacrifice and uh, also Hebrews says that Christ was sacrificed once for the sins of the world not every time the mass commences like around this time in Catholic churches around uh, the world today. It's a one-off payment. I got into a discussion with a Catholic lady some months ago. She was a teacher of RE, head of, head of RE, religious, religious education at a school somewhere in the Northwest, retired now. And I said to her, can you explain to me, please? I mean, you're the head of RE. Can you please, please explain it to me why the Catholic Church continues to sacrifice Christ when the sacrifice was paid once on the cross? And she couldn't explain it to me. Just, it's just pitiful isn't it going back to people who've got too much education don't know what they're talking about half the time Hebrews 13 but in the context the thanksgiving here is found in the 13th chapter Hebrews 13 uh, 15 by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually 24-7 that is a fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name let no filthy communication come out of your mouth but to do good and to communicate forget not with such sacrifices God is well pleased keep praising him keep blessing him sacrifice your body also uh, that's found in uh, Romans chapter 12 go back to Psalm 116 I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving why is that David well verse 1 because he hath heard my voice and my supplications because he hath inclined his ear unto me therefore will I call upon him as long as I live scripture for scripture Call upon the name of the Lord, latter part of verse 17. And again, Hebrews 13. But, excuse me, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruits of our lips, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to, uh, but to, do good and to communicate, forget not. Always do good works. For with such sacrifices, it's tough if you've got no money. It's tough if you're sick if you are struggling with this or that it's tough but God accepts it that's really more important to him than somebody who has everything and gives very little for such sacrifices God is well pleased not just pleased he's well pleased go back to Psalm 116 verse 18 repeat it again I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people transparency I want to be open and above board I have sinned as uh, Bill Clinton would say and David did sin and he would repent found also in Psalm 50 is it 53 or is it 51 I think it's Psalm 50 I always get this too muddled up I think it's Psalm 50 let's have a look now so many verses 
uh, it's 53. No, it's not. It's 51. <laughs> uh, yeah, Psalm 51. I like, uh, let's see now, verse 3. Uh, I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever uh, ever before me. Against thee, the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. And five, I was shaped in iniquity, in sin. My mother did conceive me. And uh, eleven, cast not away thy cast not away from excuse me cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy holy spirit from me. Create in me a clean heart. Verse ten, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Nine, hide thy face from my sins. Going back to Psalm fifty-three, but in reverse here, and blot out all mine iniquities. Twelve, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. It's yours, not mine. And uphold me with thy free spirits. I want to be free. And joy free free spirit able to do this uh, this and that 13 then will i teach transgressors thy ways like a preacher would do and sinners shall be converted unto thee go back to psalm 116 uh, verse 19 in the courts of the lord's house in the midst of thee o jerusalem praise ye the lord go to uh, let me see now ezekiel 40 let's see now one of the reasons why Israel is under attack right now is down to two things. Number one, the Palestinians are upset that Israel is getting closer to Saudi Arabia. They call that geopolitics. And also, I think it's Bahrain and Kuwait, some other Middle Eastern countries. And the Palestinians are losing some of their, how can I put it, not um, authority. They're losing some of their sympathy. A lot of the Muslim countries are fed up with the Palestinians, have been for many years in fact. And Egypt is the only real ally, and probably Lebanon and Iran, that the Palestinians have. And that's why they're firing rockets at Israel like right now, uh, to try and break up this union. Because of course Israel is getting closer to the Muslim countries, which she shouldn't do, based on the Old Testament. But of course, because she's rejected the Old Testament and the New Testament, she's like a law unto herself. Which is what Paul speaks about in the book of Romans. The second reason these rockets are being fired is due to the third temple. Now, they're getting closer to building that temple. And uh, once that goes up, that's it. It's curtains for the world, basically. The tribulation will begin. And uh, you'll have a period of time where it'll all be upside down, basically. And you won't be able to survive if you're not uh, one of the Lord's elects. I want Ezekiel 46 and uh, let's pick it up in the sea now uh 22 in the four corners of the courts there were courts joined of 40 cubits long and 30 broad these four corners were of one measure now that's 60 feet by 45 now the third temple is found throughout this book it starts in chapter 40 right up until i think it's 48 uh, and uh, there's no way i can go through it this morning it'll take another couple of hours to do that but the third temple is prophesied in Ezekiel, of course. I just gave you some of the measurements there. And one of the reasons why the rabbis hate this book, I mean Ezekiel, is because it speaks of the third temple. It's very messianic and also deals with the Gentiles. And one of the reasons why the rabbis hate Daniel is because he also speaks about the Gentiles and uh, Christ coming before the second temple was destroyed. Again, <laughs> there's such complexity when it comes to Israel and the Jews and the nations 
But for the church, go back to Psalm 116, we can't be neutral. You know, you're either for the Lord or you're against him. And the Jews are his people. There's just no, there's just no other way to put it. They are his people. They're in the land, backslidden. We know that. Paul told they are beloved for the Father's sakes. Romans chapter 11. I mean, Paul was treated terribly by the Jews. After Christ, he was treated terribly by the Jews. He loved them. He witnessed to them. He called them out. And he left them to the Lord. But he didn't persecute them. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. So, 19 verses dealing with the first David, the second David, and a lot of typology there leading up to the third temple, which you find in great detail in the book of Revelation. And we're getting nearer all the time to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the term thanksgiving really does sum up this entire psalm as far as I am concerned. But unfortunately, people twist it, going back to the sacrifice of the mass. And uh, I'll just leave it a very quick story and I'll close. Back in the uh, Middle Ages, there was a British woman, English Christian, called Anne Askew. And she said this, she said, I have heard that God made man, but that man has made God I have not heard. And she was being tortured to death by the Catholic Church, a bishop, no less, because she wouldn't confess the Catholic Church as one true faith. And they held all these sacraments over her head, and you'll be damned without this, you'll be damned without that. And old Anne Askew, about 24 years of age, mother, young wife, uh, was tortured, murdered for her faith, based on the Catholics twisting the term sacrifice. It goes back to little knowledge is a dangerous thing. You can be full of zealous, or full of, you know, you can be full of zealous, you'd be full, full of the, what's that word, not zealous, uh, full of uh, determination, mm. be real, real, a real zealot, a real zealot, but if you're not based, if it's not based on scripture, if it's just based on feelings and emotions, hurt feelings going back to Allah Akbar and all that stuff, which I'll discuss in a few weeks' time when I finish the Quran, you won't go anywhere. You just make a mess of things. But going back to in the courts of the Lord's house, it's coming, mark my words, the third temple, in the midst of the O Jerusalem, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord, is how this psalm ends. So we'll close it there and uh, come next week. We've got a short one next week, just two verses. I think what we'll probably do next week is we'll do 17, 117 and 118 together. Or maybe do it over two weeks. I'm going to break down Psalm 119, which I haven't even prepared yet. And that will be a huge study, I can tell you that. Psalm 119. And uh, we'll leave it there. And uh, like I say, come back next week and start 117. And got no doubt going to 118. But we'll close it there and ask the Lord to bless this recording in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Well, we